Welcome, welcome to Tipsy Theology. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening and thanks for tuning in. Quick shout out to our sponsor of today's episode, Magic Mind, but more on that a little bit later. You know us, we like to ask the hard-hitting questions, the ones that really make you go, hmm. And so let's ask some of those questions today. Like, did Adam poop? (laughs) I bet you weren't expecting that. Unless you read the title of the episode. (laughs) You're like, I was expecting that. (laughs) Anyway, welcome in. Welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And uh, just like anything... You know, this sorry, the mic stands being a little goofy to me today. Huh, strange. Um, you know, to help me with this, I thought we would drink some Fernet Branca and uh, Aperol today. <laughs> Not Adderall, Aperol. <laughs> I had to correct that earlier today. I was trying to tell my, my roommate about it, and he's like, did you say Adderall? <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> Something very different. <laughs> um... But yeah, so this is probably a cocktail, I would imagine, because it's a great combination. It might be like short an ingredient that would make it a cocktail. Uh, I don't know what that is. This is just how I had it. I used to drink Fernet just kind of straight. Um, and we'll talk about what it is, too, because some of you may have never heard of it. I never heard of it until a couple years ago. Um, but yeah, it, so I used to just drink it straight. And then uh, my cousin, I was just up there visiting them over the weekend, and he added Aperol to it, and it was like, nice. <laughs> I liked it. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if it has a name. I don't even know what it would be close to, and I'm, I haven't been bothered to look it up. Instead, I looked up, what is, what is Fernet Branca? And that's a great question, and it is very Italian. <laughs> That was the first thing I saw that, like, Fernet Branca is very Italian. <laughs> and it began in 1845 in Milan. Kind of cool. Um, it's unique, definitely. <laughs> and uh, apparently the recipe is still, like, a secret, like Coca-Cola. Um, but actually, I think it's more secret than Coca-Cola, that that recipe. Um so yeah, so the ingredients that it uses are from all over the globe, um, and it's made it the world's most popular Italian liqueur. <laughs> I love all of those qualifiers there. <laughs> They're like, it's the most popular um, in this area amongst these two people. <laughs> it's a little bit more broad than that, but anyway. Um, so it is a type of Amaro and forgive my Italian pronunciations, <laughs> um, which, so uh, Amaro is actually, it's an Italian word, which means bitter. Um, and it's a type of, type of herbal, herbal, herbal <laughs> liqueur, liqueur, liqueur. I'm going with liqueur that was, um, and is typically served as a digestive <laughs> and, uh, after it's an after dinner drink, uh, and it's intended to it's intended to aid in, you guessed it, digestion. Typically served straight, which is why that's probably how I had it first. Um, although a lot of people do mix it with coffee, 
And, you know, given the topic that we're talking about today, coffee would have been like the perfect combination. But sometimes we don't always get what we want, especially since I'm recording this very late in the day. (laughs) I have to sleep later tonight, and I'd rather not have a whole bunch of coffee um, in order to do that. (laughs) Well, let's let's talk That's a little bit about Fernet. That's a little bit of uh, that stuff. And so flavor-wise for this drink... You know, it's got all these herbs in there, so I'm sure you can kind of... It's got a lot of other things, too. Um, and so it has a really distinct note um, that anyone, you know, trying trying this drink will notice, and it's that it's bitter. <laughs> I think that's why it's in the bitter family. <laughs> it's very bitter. Um, I think it has, like, 39% um, APV. ABV. What's the P for? It's B. Um, so there are 27 different herbs that make up this drink, as well as some other ingredients. And some of the herbs that are known that we do so know know some of the herbs. And those ones are, uh, myrrh, quinine. I should have practiced this pronunciation. Quinine, 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 (laughs) quinine, uh, angelica, peppermint, cardamom, and saffron. Some of those, Angelica, I have no idea what that is. I've never heard of that before um, until looking this, looking at this. And so I think this is why it's more secret <laughs> than like Coca-Cola is because the president of the company is the only one who knows the proper proportions of each and every ingredient as well as what all of those ingredients are. Which you think if, that's, I wonder how that works. Because he can't be over there mixing every batch. Being like, all right, guys, turn your heads as he pours everything in. Like, there's got to be some system in place. Same with, like, Coca-Cola. It's like, there's got to be something in here where people know what the ingredients are. <laughs> this guy can't be doing it by himself. He's like, all right, turn away. Pour, pour, pour. <laughs> all right, you can look now. It's it's safe to look. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Luckily, I don't, I don't have to know how that works. <laughs> So, um, the nose, the nose, ah, this is the mixed one, but so it it, it is a powerful drink. Um, and there's no question that it's going to be better. Like (laughs) we can't get around that. So if if you try it, it might give you some PTSD of, of like Jaeger, if you ever had those days (laughs) or like black licorice. Um, but upon further investigation, you'll start to smell the peppermint and other notes. Yeah, I would say if you give it a good long few second sniff, you do smell the peppermint that starts to kind of ease out of there. But it does have like that black licorice note at first. Um, but that's not, I wouldn't say that's what it tastes like really. Like there's an element of that, but it's not for everyone who hates black licorice, like it's, it doesn't taste like it to me. And I love black licorice, so I, w- I should know. I should know. <laughs> it, it, you taste other things, too. The first thing you taste is, surprise, surprise, bitterness. <laughs> the first thing you'll notice is, like, <coughs> it's bitter. Um, but if you let the medley of herbs sit on your tongue, you'll start to enjoy the variety that it offers. Because it does offer a... Variety. <laughs> so because of this, you'd think it would be difficult to work with. You know, because you have all these flavors. Um, and so for some reason, though, um, it can blend all of these perfectly. You can blend all these with many ingredients and make such some great cocktails. 
So yeah, so apparently it is like a a popular um, ingredient in a lot of cocktails and can make some really cool stuff with that. So the Aperol that's in here as well, I'm not going to talk as much about that one, but so basically it's like, uh, it's more sweet uh, with a subtle finish of bitter. (laughs) They love these bitter drinks. Uh, It has strong notes of bitter orange, rhubarb, and herbs. (laughs) It's sweetness... um, does help curb the fernet, I think, a little bit, like that initial bite of it. But at the end, you still won't escape the fact that you're drinking something that's bitter. This is it's like a, a great little quick combination to try. So let's give it a let's give it the old try. Yeah, it's nice. It does give you um I think this combination as well. Some people might think like some kind of like medication. <laughs> I think it's just because that's the, all the herbs and stuff. Then you're thinking like some cough medicine or something. I don't know. But I kind of like it. I kind of like it. Um, Before we hop into this episode, I do want to give a disclaimer for it. And not like... <laughs> but I wanted to start by saying that this episode is a little bit more uh, philosophical than it is theological. Kind of just because of the nature of it. Um, it's more based in reason, and I may ramble a bit, so that that can happen too. Kind of opens it up for that, uh, and it's because it's not one of those things in Scripture that is like, here's the answer, but it's more like extracted from it, and something we have to kind of think based on what is the text saying and what is it not saying, and let's use reason in here. So some of the points in this, I'm still working out, and I do want to do a follow-up episode um, that's a bit more grounded um, as I spend a little more time diving into this, these ideas and these topics that we're going to talk about, this topic we're going to talk about. Um, so, But I do want to make an episode, especially because I'll be traveling a lot again coming up soon. It's like, I, I want to re- record, make sure I record, not go too long. And I'm really enjoying this, and I, I want to start doing this more regularly. And so this is part of it. I'm kind of keeping myself to a schedule, um, which has been fun. It's been fun, and it kind of forces me to think a little bit more and spend more time in the Word, which I like. Because what, what I will say is, starting the podcast up again, I I really did it, one, because people were asking about it. I'm like, I'm so happy that people love this. And it's it was an outlet for me, because I'm, I'm one of those people, like, I need a reason. I mean, well, let me say it differently. Um, I do better when I have a goal that I'm working toward. So I think a lot of us probably do. So recording these episodes are like my goal. Like this is my my reason to study these things. Um, I was going to do it anyway. I'll just tell you that. I would do this anyway. But this is a reason, a, a great, um, I guess, goal mark to set. So I make sure that I do it and can feel confident kind of like what I've been spending my time in. Um, so I just love it and I want to do it more. So that's kind of, that's that. <laughs> So with this topic, um, I will say that some of the things in here might make you mad or angry, um, and I think that can partly be because it it might challenge your worldview and how you've thought about the Bible. And I'm not saying what I'm saying is right, um, like all of it. I'm not saying like, oh, my point that I'm making is right, and if you don't believe it, you're wrong because it challenges you. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm saying a lot of times I think we have trouble, even some of these silly things like this, we have trouble um, wanting to think about it sometimes because it is so contra- like so contrasting. But I, I think you guys 
enjoy this stuff because I really enjoy it. And this is kind of like what we do. <laughs> we like to challenge the norm and challenge the differences too. I like to challenge everything. Because, <laughs> you know, we want to we, we wanna be tr- truth seekers. We want to seek truth. God isn't afraid of our questions or our thoughts. Um, and truth will not be tarnished by these questions. Truth is truth is truth, as I like to say. Um, and so that being said, Let's also remember to not make the Bible more than it is. So the Bible is not here to teach us science or history or finance or whatever. It's here to teach us about our creator, who God is. And yes, there are lessons that we can extract that help us with science and history and even finance, but that's not the point of it. There's definitely a lot that has been shown through Scripture, which is really cool, but that's not the point of what Scripture is is. You know, God created the natural world, so of course there are principles we can utilize, but the Bible is not a textbook. And that alone might make him really mad (laughs) to hear that. (laughs) And we can jump to, sometimes I think we can jump to like, oh, you're saying the Bible's uh, wrong then. It's like, it's not what I'm saying. I'm saying let's look at the Bible for what it is and not for anything else. (laughs) There's other things we can take, of course, like I'm saying like, yeah, but the Bible is about God. That's what it, that's what it's about. That's what it's here to teach us about. Um, and so if that was enough to set you off, I love it. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Uh, and I, I, so yeah, if you guys have questions, comments, or corrections, you can email me at tipsytheologypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and I'm going to put a link there in the description so you can get to that as well. Because I want to hear from you guys, um, and we're all on this journey, and I want to be better about going through it together. Uh, I love when you guys email me and message me, so please do not stop doing that. Um, and that email is the best way right now to make sure I don't miss any of your messages. There's, there's been times where people message me um, on like LinkedIn or Instagram, and sometimes I don't check those things all the time, so I miss them. But this email is something that I do check regularly, so that would be the best way to uh, send stuff. And I want to hear from you guys. Like, <laughs> I don't want to miss any of these things at all. So yeah, please, 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 please let me know. <laughs> yeah, I uh, let's keep it going. I want to be better about that. Um, I think it hasn't been clear in the past. Like, so I want to make that clear now. That's why we're doing it. <laughs> So let's jump into this. Um, why do we care if Adam pooped or not? <laughs> I love I love that question. <laughs> uh, so at first look, I think it's a silly question. <laughs> it's silly. It's kind of weird. <laughs> and also, it's like, why do we care? Like, why, why would that? Why does it even bother? Um, but I think that it can reveal a huge discrepancy in how we view the world uh, that God created, especially when we look at like post-fall and pre-fall and just like, what did God create? Um, in the last episode, we talked about good and how that can better be translated, especially when we see God calling his creation very good. We can see it better translated as orderly uh, or as functional. So with this, there comes a lot of follow-up questions for me, and I'm sure for you as well, hopefully. (laughs) Namely, what is the result of the fall, 
and what is part of God's original design? I think that's such a huge question in there. Um, you know, one of the things I, I like to ask when I was young, and it was something that <laughs> I thought it was kind of a... When I asked it, a lot of people were like, Wait, what? <laughs> Can you even say that? <laughs> and it, it, it was, was Jesus a bad carpenter? <laughs> that was the question. And so I think some people would instantly just be like, I mean, yeah, I guess he could. <laughs> like, he could have been. But I think we have somewhere in our mind this preconceived notion, at least I did, that he was good at everything. Like, no matter what it was, he was he just succeeded at because that's good. But what is actually good? What's what, better, I guess, better with that is like, what is not good and then sinful? It's like if for Jesus, for example, if he was a bad carpenter, <laughs> like if he was trying to build a table and you only put, you know, a, three legs on it or something like that and it was lopsided, he's not going to hell because of that. <laughs> it's not like you sinned against God because you suck at carpentry. <laughs> <laughs> like that's uh that's kind of ridiculous to say that and i think we would all agree that's a little bit of a ridiculous idea to say that that would be true um but then how often do we apply that standard to us in certain ways or to other people um for things that are not a sin question <laughs> a righteousness question um and so this, for me, this question here kind of looks into the idea of like, what is humanity and what did God design for humans? So I think to start off, we need to look at what was the result of the fall? You know, what, what happened? What changed because of sin? So starting in Genesis 3.14, we see... Um, this was after Adam and Eve both ate the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Um, and God starts by cursing the serpent. What a great way to start. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm not too concerned with that. I think that's like who was the serpent, what was the serpent, um, I think is a, a, a cool question, but not necessarily for the scope of what we're talking about right now. But um, so moving on from that, he curses the serpent. And then God also says that he will put enmity between the serpent and the woman and her offspring. And now, um, I don't know if you guys are smarter than me, but the word enmity, because I don't use that all the time. <laughs> I don't think most of us do. Um, it's the state or feeling of being actively opposed or hostile to someone or something. So it's it, for that, it's, it's saying that there's going to be a battle going on. There's going to be ongoing hostility there. Um, and then continuing down the line, because God doesn't stop there. <laughs> he says to the woman that childbearing will be increasingly more painful and that there will be opposing desires between her and her husband. And then to Adam, God said the ground is cursed because of Adam and thorns and thistles will grow in the ground and that he will toil in the field to receive food from the ground until he dies. Kind of brutal. <laughs> And so I'm not quoting those directly. Those are my summarizations of it. And so what's interesting about this, and I, it's interesting to look at, is that God did not curse Adam and Eve. The only people he cursed, only things he cursed, was the ground and the serpent. 
Now, this was a consequence for, because of what Adam and Eve had done, because of what the serpent had done. Um, but it's, it's important because God didn't say, cursed <laughs> Adam and Eve are your bodies because because of your sin, and now you'll stub your toe on the coffee table at night. (laughs) He didn't say that. So the other important result of the fall was losing our uh, immortality and separation, and the result of separation from God. Um, I think that's that's huge, because God did say, you know, the day that you'll eat the fruit, um, you will surely die. And there's a there, people talk about this a lot in different different ways for sure, um, you know. Well, they didn't die physically immediately. It's like yes, but there was a separation from God that that did occur, which would be spiritual death. Um, and then we see that, like in Romans, when Paul talks or in other other verses, where um, death was a result of that sin. The fact that we lost our mortality. We lost our immortality. We gained mortality, and as a result, we are slowly um, going back into the dust. You know, from the um, a way that I look at that. I don't know if this is a real thing, but (laughs) the way I call that is like it's like decreation. You know, Genesis. It's Genesis three nineteen, which says, "For you are dust, you being Adam, uh, into dust you shall return." It's this idea of we've caused um, corruption in our lives. We, sin broke the communion with God and opened up the principle of corruption in our lives. And so we are slowly decomposing, basically. <laughs> Over time, there's a decreation. What God had created is being uncreated. And so it's interesting with that because um, Adam and Eve were... I, I, th- I think this is an interesting thing. So Adam and Eve were born in the presence of God. They were in relationship with him. We saw that, you know, they they walked in the garden with him. Interesting point, little side tangent. We really don't know how long Adam and Eve were in the garden before this happened. We don't even know how long Adam was working the garden before Eve. <laughs> you know, I think there's the idea that this all happened right away. But we really don't know, and I guess when I think about it, it's like there's a lot of things that needed to happen, and it's such a short amount of time, um, and it's just, it seems kind of kind of crazy. <laughs> I'm pulling it up now, too, because I want to look at it again. And like I said at the beginning, this one's going to be a little bit more of like a rambling one, since I'm still, I am still kind of thinking through some of these ideas um, as I'm as I'm prepping, and so I'm saying this to kind of help get you guys to think about it too, because I want us all to be on this page together. But yeah, so because of that, because of, you know, their sin caused separation between God and man. Man was, Adam and Eve, they were born in relationship with him, in his presence. And so man, it was man plus God, basically. And then that their sin caused that separation between God and man, so then it was man by themselves. And so because of that, we are no longer born into his presence, and we have to be brought back into his presence. That's the salvation. That's why we need salvation. That's the work of Jesus, to bring us back to, back to relationship with God. And that's part of what we 
strive for down here, hopefully. <laughs> I know I certainly, certainly try. Um, okay, yeah, so this is what I was looking at here. This is Genesis 2. So kind of jumping down to verse, starting in verse 15. So beginning of that, we see God, um, the creation of man. Um, so then the Lord God, this is starting in 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Then in 18, then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep and then we see Eve. So, uh, <laughs> or up until this point, the woman. <laughs> I love how um, just the how all of this goes. Like he has a name in the beginning, and then Eve doesn't get her name until after the fall, and they're kicked out of the garden. I'm like, oh, brutal. <laughs> Whether that's the that's how the timeline worked or not, we don't know. But <laughs> in my head, I think it's funny that there's a possibility that they're in there for years and years or months. <laughs> He's just calling her woman the whole time. <laughs> That's enough to make some people mad. <laughs> uh, different topic. Different topic. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, I think what's funny about this is when we look at it, it's like he was probably by himself for a while. As far as by himself, meaning without Eve. Um, because if there's a lot of birds, there's a lot of animals <laughs> and god brought all of them to him and was like hey give him a name you don't do that in like six hours <laughs> and i'm sure do you think he he probably had like writer's block during this too where <laughs> at first he's you know he's really putting some thought into it and he's like this one shall be a zebra this one shall be a giraffe and then he's just running out of ideas. He's like, I, I, I don't know, crocodile, alligator, uh, uh, bleep blop. <laughs> then he's just having fun with it. He's like, what does that one do? It, it pecks the wood, woodpecker, uh, titmouse. Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> Obviously, he's not calling them the English names, but I just think that's funny. <laughs> but with that said, it's like there's... I forgot why I even brought that up, but there's there's a lot in there where it's like there's a there's a lot of time in here. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how long it would take to name all of them. Um but I would say it, it took more than a day's work. <laughs> you know, even when you're like painting a building, it's like it takes a lot longer than you think it should. And so I'm sure Adam was like, name all the animals and the birds? Yeah, I got you. How many did you make? <laughs> Why did you make this many? Can you please slow down? <laughs> so anyway, back to this. <laughs> so for us, as a result of the fall, to summarize, 
we will now die. <laughs> we have to work really hard. We argue with each other. We have hostility with the devil and childbearing. Hostility with the devil is maybe a good one. <laughs> I don't know. That's a positive thing. <laughs> and childbearing is going to be is not going to be a walk in the park. So things got a little bit more difficult. But I think what's important with this is is that this isn't like God just mean old man like, hey, you didn't do what I wanted, so now you're gonna suffer. <laughs> but it's that idea of like, hey, these are these are consequences for not doing what I commanded you to not to do. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's right. And part of it, you know, when we look at life, <laughs> there are consequences for everything that we do, um, whether good or bad. Usually if they're good, we call them rewards. <laughs> and, um, you know, part of that is those consequences. And when we look at our own lives, I think it's, I think it's important for us to recognize because it's, it's easy for us to want to blame something or someone else. I, we look at that with, you know, the garden where <laughs> Adam blamed Eve and Eve blamed the serpent. <laughs> We love just playing this blame game. But sometimes, most of the time, we have to take uh, accountability for our own for our own actions. So, you know, I have uh I have a friend who is really into a healthy lifestyle. <laughs> and I mean like to the extreme. And one very important takeaway that I that I've gotten from my conversations with him about this is is when he talks about stress and stressors in our life. You know, I think often we look at the noise around us as stressors, but we ignore what we're putting into our bodies. We we ignore that those can stress us out. You know, there are foods that we may be allergic to, even if we don't have a noticeable reaction to those foods. And that causes stress on our bodies. If if you're not getting enough sleep or too much sleep, that can cause major stress on our bodies, on your bodies as well, on your bodies, on our bodies as well. Uh, and then, you know, that filters into our lives. And so I'm about getting the most out of what I have. I think that's why I practice minimalism. And, you know, that's a huge part of, that's, that's a huge thing with our time. Time is limited. And so it's important for us to get the most out of the time that we have. That's why I love Magic Mind. So if you if you haven't heard so about this, it's a little two ounce bottle, and it is jam packed with all kinds of natural ingredients. Uh, and after taking it, I've been taking it for like a couple weeks now. I have noticed less stress, more energy, more consistent energy. Um, cause I think that's the important thing with that is I can drink coffee and get a lot of energy, but it drops off very quickly. And it's like, this is when I be more energy, I mean, like it's consistent throughout the day. I have the energy for a long time. Um, and I honestly, I've even noticed that my memory and awareness is, is better than it, it has been too. It's been kind of cool. I went to the grocery store and someone told me like, Hey, this is my list. And it was a pretty long list. I remembered everything except for one item. I felt so proud. Because <laughs> before I would not be able to do that. 
um, and it was great. I, I really, it was kind of like a little like, hey, look at me. <laughs> so I take it in the morning with my coffee or tea or whatever I'm drinking that has caffeine in it. And it keeps me chugging along through the entire day. Uh, I just got back from traveling, I mentioned earlier. Um, and I was super groggy when I got back. I drank a bottle of Magic Mind with some coffee and boom. <laughs> I had, you know, what I needed to get my work done. That was today, by the way. This happened today. <laughs> I was so groggy today this morning, and I did that, and I'm like, boom, boom, boom. And I think you guys will love it just as much as I do if you give it a try. And I want to make it easy for you guys to be able to try it. And so you can um, get it at magicmind.com slash tipsytheology. That's my link. <laughs> and I have a discount code there, which is tipsy20, T-I-P-S-Y-2-0. Uh, and you can also get up to 56% off your first subscription or 20% off your one-time purchase. It's tipsy20 for the discount code um, for 56% off. It also works if you're already a subscriber, um, so you can save on your next subscription payment. It's pretty pretty neat it's actually funny i feel like a mom with medicine every morning <laughs> when i wake up i'm like i feel gross and say like, did you take your magic mind today i don't know why that's what a mom sounds like in my head <laughs> and you know since we're talking about since this is like this is a this is a healthy thing and so there are people that are health conscious that do have diet restrictions because you do have to pay attention to those things and i'm happy to report <laughs> That inside Magic Mind, uh, there's no sugar. It's nut-free, vegan, keto, and paleo-friendly. So it's it's good. It's fun for the whole family. <laughs> so uh, that's magicmind.com slash tipsytheology uh, with the discount code tipsy20 for up to 56% off your subscription. And so I do recommend if you go on there, you'll see a few options um, I would recommend personally the 30-pack. That way you're set for every day of the month, and it is the best value overall, bringing the price of the bottle down to about $3. I think that's pretty cool. And you can find the link and information in the description of the episode. And, you know, as Yo Gaba Gaba once said, try it. You'll like it. <laughs> and I'm loving it. Oh, sorry. I don't know if I can say that one. That's something else. <laughs> Here you are. Hey. <laughs> so, was Adam human? That sounds like a dumb question, right? It's kind of like, oh, uh, yeah, duh, he was. <laughs> but, you know, we often don't think that. And so, I, I we asked, like, the result of the fall, you know, it was not, um, you can now get hurt. You have a digestive tract now, you know, all those kinds of ideas. You know, Adam and Eve were humans with functioning human bodies before and after the fall. There were differences for sure, which is that uh, like, like decreation idea. But like they were, they were designed human functional people. <laughs> and it's important, I do say, it's important to, to emphasize this um, as well. Um, especially in light of the last episode we just did, is that, because we forget this sometimes, I forget this all the time, and I do, I have this issue where we we have to remember God did not create a perfect world. 
and um, good and perfect are they're not synonymous. Good attributes order, and perfect attributes wholeness. Those are very, very different things. God did not create a whole perfect uh, world. He created a functional, orderly world that works on the design that he created. So for me, when I look at this question, and I think we can all say this, it's like, yes, Adam pooped. (laughs) I love that I've said it this many times in an episode. And, you know, yes, Adam got tired and he went to sleep. Um, Yes, if he fell from somewhere high, he could break a bone. You know, our body functions in a way that it it, it heals itself. If he stubs his toe, it's going to hurt. <laughs> um, and so, you know, following that logic, I think it's fair to say if an elephant fell on him, he would get crushed. Um, would he die? That's a good question. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I and that's I think that's part of what's where I'm kind of thinking through in these ideas. Um that I'm talking about is where where is that line drawn? Now we, I I think it's fair to say, and I'll come back with a little bit more backing, or tell you that I'm completely wrong, um, or you tell me if I am, <laughs> that there was that immortality that man had where we wouldn't die naturally. But I think if something like that happened, like he's not going to get cancer because I think those diseases and mutations and stuff like that are a result of the fall in that decreation. Um, but I don't believe that Adam or Eve would die naturally of natural causes, but there could be like an accident, like an elephant falling on you. You know, I think it's ridiculous to think that he would, an elephant would fall on top of him and be like, oh, huh, that that tickled. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think you know, just brush it off like, ah, eh, well, that was weird. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that's a possibility. Um, you know, when I, when I, when I think through that, and and the point to this is that God created order and a world that is orderly. The laws of nature existed before the fall, and they exist now, after the fall. And to say that they didn't, I think, causes a lot of problems. Um, it causes a lot of issues to our, to our, our thinking and our, in, I think in some ways our theology, the way we approach Scripture. Um, and so if you're like me, it's easy to say that, yeah, that makes sense. Like, we're following. Yeah, I, I, I track with the logic. It makes sense. Um, but it really challenges, I think, some of our notions about Scripture and theology. And that can be a little uh, testy. <laughs> and even for me, when I think through this, it's like, that's a, I don't know, that's, it's like, it sounds right, but is it? You know, because that's not what I've always thought. And so, for one, um, for one of those things that it challenges um, you know, it's it's actually what I'm going to be looking into specifically for the future, the next episode in the future at some point, <laughs> um, is is animal nature. And so for some animals, you know, their nature now that we, we can observe and see is to eat other animals, like a dog or a cat. Like they're hunters, they hunt animals, they eat meat. And 
you know, for like a, a cat, for example, if you were to put them on a vegan diet, <laughs> no meat, they would die or get seriously sick. Same for a dog. Like it would get very malnourished and sickly. It, it needs meat to survive. That's part of, you know, it itself. And so we have to reconcile that with how we've been taught to think about death. You know, is it different than human death? You know, what is death? And when the Bible talks about death, what is it talking about? Um, you know, email me your thoughts. I'd love to, I'd love to read them. And I, I think it could make for, it's, it's a really interesting question for me. You know, some people might not think much of it, be like, that's stupid. But I think it really does um, add some nuance and perspective to how we view the world and how we view what God created. Um, it's challenging our idea of what we think good is. And is our our perspective on it biblical? Good question. <laughs> You're hearing me in my pondering state. I usually come to these with like my thought process reasoned out for the most part. But in this one, we're shooting from the hip today. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're doing a little hip firing. But yeah, so I I don't know. I, I when I think through that, it's it's very complicated. <laughs> that was not my best impression. I'll I'll tell you that right now. That was not the best one I've ever done. I think when we say that those things couldn't happen, I'm speaking specifically about Adam right now, Adam and Eve. When if we deny the fact that their bodies worked the way our bodies work, then we're basically calling them superhumans, which they weren't. You know, Adam wasn't more transcendent of humanity than Jesus was. Jesus was 100% man. He was the second Adam. He is the second Adam. <laughs> and so, you know, he still bled and he died. Um, obviously, this is post-fall where death is in the physical death um, for humans is in the world but even the idea of like if adam got cut if you know <laughs> if he brushed his arm up against a tree accidentally too hard and it's like he would he would bleed because that's how our bodies work um and to say that he'd be different i think would be um like logically doesn't make sense reason wise it doesn't follow through and what's interesting about this is when I when I when I think through this, it, it kind of pulls up another question, and that's just how we interact a lot of times with the Bible and the world that we live in. And part of that is the supernatural world. Now I'm jumping a little bit outside of I guess our little or what I'm intending to talk about, but that's that same idea of, and I think I'll, this will probably be my point that I'll end with, and I say this for myself too. And based on um, conversations I've had with, with a lot of people recently, and it's that you know we often don't read the Bible based on what the Bible says. You know, there's that old saying, or not saying it, I guess it's a saying, um, we don't see things how they are, we see things how we are. And I think that's very true when it comes to our reading of scripture, we often read based on what we've been told or what we think or what we like. 
versus what the Bible actually says. And uh, <laughs> the one that I, that I, there's two in particular, but one that I love is when it comes to um, the burning bush with Moses. And actually, let me pull that up. Yeah, so this is Exodus 3, 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. So it's like, you know, usually when we think about this, we think of it's a bush on fire that's not burning. But it says the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame out of the midst of a bush. He didn't just see a bush on fire. <laughs> he saw the angel of the Lord in the bush, in the fire. And so I love that. It's like, I don't, I don't ever get the, that when people tell me the story of the burning bush <laughs> in Moses. We don't hear that. We don't think about that. But it's right there in Scripture. You know, another one is Samuel, and I, this one's great too, because we think about that when we, when it, when it, in the beginning where of Samuel, I think it's chap, chapter three, where um, we hear the voice, we hear the Lord calling out to Samuel, you know, Samuel, Samuel, and he gets up and runs to Eli and he's like, yeah, here I am, dude, what the heck, it's the middle of the night. He didn't actually say it like that. <laughs> and then, um, so we know that story. And at least for me, when I've ever been told it and think about it, we think of this like ethereal voice. It's like, Samuel. <laughs> um, what we don't put in the place is that the Lord was there. You know, the Lord was physically there calling to him. We don't think that. And why not? Well, because we haven't read scripture that clearly. <laughs> so this is First Samuel um, chapter 3, verse 10. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak for your servant hears. The Lord came and stood. He was there. And so why do I say this? It's because we have an idea, I think a lot of times, we read scripture even, um, and we don't read what it says. And that's important. <laughs> and it's important because it's what I'm doing, and I think with this question, what it does is the, the larger question of today is, how closely are we reading scripture? How closely are we paying attention to it? And are we are our views based on what it says, what someone's told us to say, or what we'd like it to say? And that's that's goes into this broad idea of you know the this study this whole year so far of the attributes of who God is. We want to know who God is based on who God said He is, not on what someone told me He is like or who I would like Him to be like. Because that sets you up for a whole lot of disappointment, and it sets you up for a whole lot of failure because you don't know God the way he is. And that's important, and that's huge. And I want to know God for who he is, and I want all of you to know him for who he is too. I want us all to be on this journey of searching for this and finding, finding out more of who he is from what we can. And it's a it's a never-ending journey because there's a whole lot of him that I can't understand. And even inside of what I'm able to understand, I still will never come to the end of it. We will never come to the end of learning about God and who he is. I think about that. You know, we think that's 
kind of crazy sometimes. But think about like uh, your your parents even or a friend. There are stories that after knowing them for 10, 20, 30 years sometimes that you'll just now hear. <laughs> There's things that I've learned about my parents sometimes about a story that happened long when when they were growing up. And it's like, that's the first time I've ever heard that. And I think that's a cool little representation of that where, you know, there's there's a lot to people. There's a lot to relationship. And we can always be learning. You're never going to know everything about someone. And doubly so, quadruply so, <laughs> a million and a half more times so for God. We will always be learning. We will always have more to learn and to understand because he's just that cool. He's a cool dude. <laughs> That's my little irreverent uh, comment there. <laughs> so please reach out to me. Let me know. Do I sound desperate? I don't want to sound... I'm, maybe I... Eh. Yeah, sure. I sound desperate. <laughs> no, I'm saying this because I, I want to make it very clear that um, I love doing this podcast and I want to be better about us all doing this together. Um, and so I want to hear from you guys. Um, you know, ask questions, challenge challenge what I've said. If you have things to challenge, ask for clarification. Maybe I can give it. <laughs> You know, we're we're all doing this. We're all seeking truth. And if there is something that I've said where it's like, mm, wait, hold back up. <laughs> let's back up and let's talk. Um, I love that. And I want that dialogue to be going going on. So you can find the email in the description, but it is tipsytheologypodcast at gmail.com. I look forward to seeing your messages. And I hope that if anything... This episode today was a challenge for you, a call to you to read scripture a little bit closer. Maybe ask questions about things that you never asked questions about before. Um, and the fact that I think for anyone listening to this podcast, you're kind of already on that journey. Um, you've already started to notice those things. Because that's what it was for me. It was like, wait a second. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of weird stuff in the Bible. And I love the weird stuff. So let's keep talking about the weird stuff. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. And I'll talk to you hopefully sooner rather than later.